Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, if you were needing to take BC Ferries this weekend, warnings for you. Big flashing red lights ahead. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun joins us now to talk about that. Good morning, Vaughn. Uh, good morning, Simi, and I'm so sorry to indulge uh, Victoria, Vancouver Island's obsession with the ferry service, but it seems that there's <laughs> bad news follows bad uh, news. So, What did they do? What did they say? Well, here's the latest. So the ferries, uh, you know, they've been doing a lot better job of briefing the news media on what the heck's going on with the service. So there's a briefing, an online one, um, log in, uh, set for today, media briefing on looking ahead. Uh, we've actually got two holiday weekends coming up. So looking ahead to ferry services over there. And we're going to get an update on the ship that's been out of service for drive motor servicing for a few weeks, uh, Coastal Renaissance. Not saying much else about what it is, but... The Ferry Workers Union has come out and said, well, there's a problem with another ship. And everyone goes, oh, no. Not <laughs> so, now, really? Uh, the Ferry Corp is saying, wait for the briefing. Uh, they're not confirming anything, but the union usually knows what's going on in there. And the head of the union, Eric McNeely, says, okay, the spirit of Vancouver Island. Now, those are the reliable ships in the fleet, the spirits. They're 30 years old. They also carry more passengers and vehicles than anything else in the fleet. What, more than 2,000 passengers, 350 vehicles. And according to the union, the spirit of Vancouver Island is going to have to be taken out of service in October. Didn't They don't know the date, but sometime in October. So soon, because of problems with the hull. So, you know, uh, what, what can you do? You, you say, okay, here we go again. In any event, uh, I expect more bad news, uh, unless the union's wrong, and I don't think they are on this one, uh, from the briefing later today. Okay, and, and people are not taking this very well, are they, oh. if we take a look at these public consultations? Yeah, so this is another disturbing story. So the, the, the story I just told you about, that's in the Victoria Times columnist today reported, and there's a second story in the Times columnist today, and it says that, it, as you just referenced, Simi, that... The mood has turned ugly at the public consultations on the ferries. So there's an advisory committee of the ferries. They meet regularly. They hear feedback from ferry uh, service uh, passengers, uh, communities that are ferry dependent. And according to the story, last Wednesday, uh, the 20th of September, so last Wednesday, not Wednesday that just passed, um, Somebody uttered a threat at the meeting, a threat, a oh, pretty man. serious one, uh, that if the ferries didn't deal with some of these service issues, uh, quote, uh, uh, she was going to take a gun to everyone. Uh, ferries does have security. They consulted their security service. The security service said, um, that's pretty serious oh. stuff. 
So you don't want, very corp- I don't yeah, understand I mean, in like, this day and age, why, know, how is someone so dumb people? to do that? I don't yeah, get that. I don't know what's wrong with people, but what's happened is the fairy corporation has, in my view, uh, played it safe. They have suspended the schedule for public consultations. They're moving them online until their own security service can give them good advice on how to proceed. So, yeah, there's a lot of anger out there, and there have been a lot of service interruptions and cancellations. But, you know, whatever one thinks of the performance of the Ferry Corporation, uh, it strikes me that they're doing their best. The staff are doing their best. And the union says that, you know, ferry workers in the front lines, the people at the ticket booths, the people that deal firsthand, up front with passengers are reporting more frustration, more anger, and more threats as well. So it's, That's you a know, sad state I think we're all kind of hoping, yeah, I think we're all kind of hoping, Simi, for a turn the corner on BC Ferries. And maybe this is just a glitch. I hope it is, but uh, still pretty disturbing news. I will say that, like, one, I just, sad state of affairs that this, the kind of world that we live in, that somebody thinks that threatening BC Ferries is going to make them suddenly fix things. Uh, but on another note, I was actually on BC Ferries last week going back and forth to the island, Vaughn. And you know what really struck me was how many young people are now working at BC Ferries. Uh, that's very encouraging to hear because uh, I mentioned to you before in my ancient years when I went to high school and Nanaimo, the ferries were seen as a great job. The pay was good and the benefits were really good. And, you know, it was uh, cleaner and less stressful, shall we say, than working in a pulp mill, which is the other Nanaimo option. So I am encouraged. I, uh, the ferry work, the ferry corporation has been trying to get the word out to people that these are good, reliable, long-term jobs. They're trying to deal with one of the things that was holding people up from going to work for ferries, which was you started off as a temporary or a fill-in. Exactly. So it wasn't a full-time job and you couldn't pay your bills. So that's very encouraging to hear that. If Ferry Corporation is going to turn the corner on its problems, it's not just a matter of new vessels and more reliable vessels. It's also a matter of dealing with the staff problem, which has led to almost as many cancellations as mechanical difficulties. Got a fiscal update yesterday, but Vaughn, not a very good one. No, we get these several times a year. They're sort of updates on the budget that we got in February that was put in the House in February. Um, For most of the NDP's time in office since 2017, the news in these briefings has been positive and good. Usually what you hear is that the, you know, government kind of sketched a bit of a worst case scenario with the budget and projected debt and deficits, and they're outperforming the numbers. So most of the time, and we'll set aside the bad year of the pandemic when everything went sideways, most of the time the NDP has been able to say, hey, we're ahead of our targets. Yesterday, no, that wasn't the case. Uh, the deficit which was pegged at about $4 billion in the February budget is approaching $7 billion, according to Katrina Conroy, the finance minister, yesterday. So the numbers are headed in the wrong direction. She blamed mainly two things, a wretchedly bad wildfire season, which we all know about. It's already it's going to cost about a billion dollars to for the government resources to manage the wildfires to the degree they have. Also, natural gas prices have crashed, and natural gas is still a major source of provincial government revenue. 
Uh, so a billion dollar hit there as well. So it's it's not great news. Uh, the numbers are headed in the wrong direction. Conroy, you know, tried to put the best face on it and say the provincial economy is still strong. The government thinks it can manage this, might even be able to cover most of the deficit out of contingencies. So she tried to put the best face she could on it. But um, if you look at that, Simi, the projections for slumping economic growth next year, uh, rumblings in the world economy, uh, I don't think the news is going to get an awful lot better between now and the next budget next next year. Right. And next year is an election year, yeah. Ron. So what is their plan or do they give an indication of a plan for this? Well, she was asked about that. Uh, the New Democrats are budgeting for $14 billion in deficits over three years. Uh, no indication. She says this is not the right time to be cutting spending. Uh, and when did a New Democrat ever think it was the right time? Uh, not a time to increase taxes. Okay, I think most of the public is with her on that one. But no, it's very much stay the course for the government. And, you know, Simi, you and I talked about the Opinion polling yesterday, uh, the New Democrats are well poised to, to sweep back into power if an election is called. Uh, we can go back to the 1990s when the public used to worry about debt and deficits for governments, but uh, I think we've passed beyond that era. It just doesn't generate the kind of headlines it used to, used to generate, and consequently, the government isn't all that worried about it. Okay, so that's a bit of a risk, though, because if the polls start yeah. to say people are worried about it, then what are you going to do? Uh, yes, and if the polls start to say that, uh, I think you will hear uh, the government come back. But look, look what the Trudeau government's been able to get away with in its time in office. Same that's thing, true. right? Deficit after deficit, deficits when the economy's growing, deficits when the economy isn't growing. Uh, again, I, I think you've got to look that the public has changed its mind about the importance of managing government finances. And look, the New Democrats can rightly say that BC's numbers are better than most of the other governments in Canada. Interest payments are lower. Share of revenues going to debt uh, to, to deficits is lower. Share of uh, gross domestic product, all better numbers in most provinces. So you know, it's, it, you can fault them or criticize them or flag it, but um, they can still say correctly they have a better record than most of the governments in Canada. And that's also true that British Columbia has a strong economy. There, there was one number in there that I think is worth flagging, Simi. Okay. Uh, and that's because, you know, we're in the middle of the big latest installment of the housing plan uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, day before yesterday, the housing minister uh, laid out those targets. Uh, he wants 60,000 units of housing from 10 municipalities. So the finance ministry always has a projection in its updates on housing starts. And yesterday, when you looked at the numbers for housing starts, the ministry is projecting a decline in housing starts over the next three years. They're saying it's because interest rates are high, a shortage of workers, slowdown in home construction, all that. And they give you the reasons. They don't just pull these numbers out of thin air. So the finance minister got asked about that. Uh, your, your own ministry's numbers tend to be at odds with the government's view that we're headed for a boom in housing construction. The ministry is projecting a 14% drop. Interesting response. She said, well, you know, the ministry has to be prudent. And this is prudence. And this is being cautious. But she hopes 
that her own ministry's numbers will be proven wrong. Uh, she says it's happened in the past that the BC economy has delivered more housing units than the ministry expected, and she's hoping that will happen again. So we'll see, you know, uh, one thing about it, we eventually get a budget update and then we get audited financial statements, so we'll know. But it's, it's one of the first times I've heard a finance minister say she's hopes her ministry is yeah. wrong with the numbers it's given. Well, it won't be wrong in Oak Bay, given their response to no. the housing <laughs> targets. Like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, I know, but it's Oak Bay, Simi. I mean, there's a long-standing <laughs> joke in the provincial capital region about Oak Bay, and the laugh line is... When you phone the Oak Bay Planning Department to talk about a housing permit, the first thing they say is, how did you get our phone number? <laughs> so You know yeah. what? That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> I mean, Oak Bay <laughs> so, is a... Is a yeah, and look, it's a small municipality. It doesn't have a lot of developable land. But even, even where a housing project somehow or other makes it through the sieve, we had one here uh, nine years in process trying to build you know, multi-residential on a, on a busy street in Oak Bay and the council slammed it down. So unbelievable. You know, there's a political issue there, though. I mean, Oak Bay is represented in the legislature by a cabinet minister, Murray Rankin. So the government has to be careful, but they only asked Oak Bay for 664 units of housing over five years. And Oak Bay is squawking that that's yeah. still way too much. With a 10-page response. It killed me. Uh, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye. That's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.